This was the last one on my list, I think, of things Biden needs to become a quote-unquote good president. I mean, I could argue that he saved American democracy. It doesn't (laughs) matter what he does. He is a Rushmore candidate. Um, are you are you setting up for the clip? What's this? Fourteen minutes here. <laughs> and welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for dropping by. This is Winged Radicals. I'm Peyton. He's Mike. Hey, everybody. And. Um, if you're a new listener, sorry, we have to make a correction. Mm-hmm. I promise we don't always have to make a correction. Um, and I know we have a lot of uh, young listeners, so I'm going to be careful with my language here. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have the same Disney woke demographic um, uh, as uh, yeah, 8 to 16. Um, true. So you, you had mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our last episode, uh, that, and I'm sorry, and I didn't even pick up on it live. Uh, actually, my my uh, this is real manly of you. My wife picked <laughs> blame, up on this. Blame it on we your were, wife. We're listening to the podcast, and she's like, "Wait a minute, hold on." You said that, excuse my language, Kamala hasn't done dick, <laughs> and it turns out that's her forte and one of her best skills. So just to be clear, dude, I've been stressed out about this for two weeks. Peyton's like, Hey, there's a correction. And my wife caught it and get ready. So I'm like, he's like, I'm not going to tell you though. Cause you need to hear, hear it on the show. That's what it is. Is that Kamala? Okay. Everyone I'll state it. Kamala. In fact, does do dick. <laughs> done (laughs) that's the correction and you mean in the literal sense yes okay not that she's done like fantastic policies just like she in fact does dick well allegedly that's one of her best skills that's her claim (laughs) to fame is is it you don't recall no her whole entry into politics oh god there's a thing that i don't even know that makes this funny come on you're you're the fox news guy and this is all they talked about. What is she, she a porn star out. or something? No, oh, she fuck. she was like, and look, guys, she was in the background of the Kim Kardashian tape. <laughs> <laughs> y'all can go fact check this on the specifics, okay? But in her start in politics, in I believe San Francisco, California, uh, she was say, you know, in her twenties, and and she was with a man, say thirty years or more, her senior, that helped get her foot in the door. In, in local politics there. Yeah. And uh, there there's, I think there's a little more to the story that, that might suggest that, that she's kind of a, a hoe, but I mean, again, <laughs> I, 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 his facial expression when he said a hoe was like, I don't want to well, say this. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I don't like to slut shame because I don't, I don't think, that, right. I think that's sexist. In no, general. yeah, no, but I good. just thought it was, um, good, something good that for was her. funny. Yeah, uh, if I would have caught it in the moment, that would have been pretty funny to go. Well, actually, hold on. I think it's you know. great now. So yeah, thank you, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck. That's that's quite the. We should just stop there. <laughs> Take two weeks off and hit a three minute episode. All right. So let's go ahead and start this one off with the southern border. <clears throat> um, I kind of just want to focus on getting some facts straight on this. And the first of these is that Title 42 is slated to expire in May. It should be on the 11th. And the Biden administration has been working on a plan to prevent a surge at the border when Title 42 does expire. That's right, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, you know, Title 42, reminder, it's that health policy that was implemented due to to COVID that was like a loophole they were able to find the Trump administration first um, to be able to more quickly remove people from the border and I guess put them back into Mexico or wherever else. Right. Um, And so, um, you know, it's been controversial and the Biden administration has continued it. Um, Well, I think they tried to get rid of it. Yeah, they tried to get rid of it, I guess, and and, and the courts stopped them. Yeah, yeah. And so, but now it's actually going to be going away in May and so they got to come up with a way to like kind of keep at least the status quo in place like they don't want to they're, they're expecting a right. big surge 
And so they're already trying to put out the word like, all right, we got the new policy that's going to go into effect like right before Title 42 formally right. ends mm-hmm. so that we can have a plan to keep, uh, you know, huge numbers or even bigger numbers from, from coming right. in. I think, I think they estimated 13,000 a day are supposed to be coming in after Title 42 expires. And currently, or at its peak, it was 7,000 a day. So you're talking about almost doubling our worst case that we've had historically once Title 42 expires, is what the estimate is. Yeah. So uh, the policy says if you are uh, seeking asylum, okay, which a lot of, a lot of these people are, are in that category, rightfully or not, but I mean, a lot of them I think rightfully are, um, if you're seeking asylum, you've got to go to an actual like proper port uh, or um, um, right. it's like a port of entry. Yeah, port of entry. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. You got to go to an actual port of entry, uh, do it through the proper channels, and um, you've got to have you've got to be able to show that you've attempted to get asylum in at least you know one country that you've crossed right. on your way to the United States. Say, for instance, Mexico. So. You're saying, hey, um, you can still seek asylum, um, but you've got to do it, you know, kind of on our terms. You've got to go through a legal port of entry, and you got to be able to, um, you know, show that you you've seeked asylum elsewhere on your way here. Right. And so that was, you know, it's controversial actually from the left side um, of, of of Biden's wing, um, from that flank, <clears throat> because. This was something similar to what Trump tried to do. Go ahead, Mike. I, I no, no, no. I was, I was just going to agree with you, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Like that is one of the things that I've been reading is that this is kind of seen as a rollback on the previous approach, where like we're condemning the Trump plan of attack, and then this is kind of like the Trump's plan of attack. Yeah. Well, good job not interrupting. I uh, appreciate that one. I, um, did, I did though. Well, I right, right, right. I got, we're good. Okay. Finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, although it looks like the Trump thing, and it is a lot like the Trump thing, but what the Biden administration is saying is, well, let me back up, sorry. The the left is saying, hey, or, or some are saying, the law says if you are on American soil, you can seek asylum per whatever laws of the past. I think a lot of this came to, came to be after uh, the Holocaust when like a lot of uh, Jews were not allowed into the United States and that was obviously bad. And so now, you know, the laws are, Hey, if you're on American soil, you can seek asylum. If you fear for your life, whatever back home. And so some people are saying, Hey, th- this is not, you shouldn't be concerned with how they get here. If they get here in any way, desperate way possible, and they are trying to seek asylum, then they should legally have their day in court or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or they should be heard of, like anyone else seeking asylum. And so the Biden administration is saying this isn't exactly like the Trump thing, though, because I'm actually offering some legal pathways for people to come in. I'm not just saying you can't seek asylum. I'm saying you have to do it a certain way. Yes, there's the wrong way. There's the right way. If you do it the right way, you're in wrong way. Fuck you. Yes. So, I mean, that's basically the policy. Did you have anything else that you well, kind well, of... Yeah, while you're right there, um, <clears throat> I was reading that since we talked about a while ago, Biden had one of those programs for, I think it was largely Venezuelans, but it also covered Nicaraguans, Haitians, and Cubans to cross legally. It was like 20,000 or 27,000. I don't remember. It was like a month. A month. It was It was like that number, I thought, a month. But Oh, maybe. Whatever it is. But it says... So it says illegal crossings from those countries have reportedly dropped 97% since he issued that. So people are trying to go the right way. So you're just talking about creating pathways for, you know, legal pathways, and it seems like it, it could work. I mean, you would think it would work, right? Like, if I have a good way and a bad way, I sh- you would think most people would take the easy path of least resistance. But they'd need the financial sponsor, which might be a big problem. Yeah, it's similar. it's similar to what Biden has done previously, where it's kind of like just trying to find a way to keep the border sustainable ish right. and, and orderly and not just chaos, I guess. Um, and so I think that policy, you know, from what I hear, it's kind of been somewhat effective. And so maybe this will also be decent, but, um, 
you know, you could have a lot of people though that are truly in need of asylum and they get screwed. And that's sometimes well, maybe what, what, what we have to do. I mean, it's going to, it's a very difficult situation to make everyone that's innocent. Okay. Like it's, there's going to be yeah. some people that get that, 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 that it screws, I guess. If I interpreted it correctly, it says that I think if you attempted to, I, you were saying something about like you had to show that you've applied for asylum in another country or something. So I think they were saying that if you show up here like illegally, but you've can prove that you've attempted to seek asylum in another country and it's been rejected, that they won't ship you off. Yeah, I think there was another loophole where you can still right. get in like that. Um, as long as you've tried however, elsewhere. However, I was reading that, you know, again, from the left side of the aisle, people that are critical of, of Biden on this. A lot of these other countries don't have any sort of real asylum seeking like process. So it's sort of uh, bogus in, in a way, maybe. Right, like a failed attempt might be like I tried, oh whatever, and keep well, coming. Well, no, I'm saying like they don't even have a system where they can attempt anywhere else necessarily. Yeah. Okay, like or some of them don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're asking them to go through some process that maybe doesn't even exist fully. Um, you know? Yeah. Uh, so and then, and then on the other side of it, on the on the right side of it, is like all of these people that Biden has been letting in on, on, I think they call it like parole. Um, not like, I guess, regular jail parole, but, um, all these, you know, people, they're supposed to, you know, within a couple of years, you know, uh, come back to court or like, you know, like they're, they're released. Yeah. You've heard of like, no, they go through their process. All right. We're going to, you're good. I guess like, sure. We're going to release you for temporary, whatever. And there's like a very high percentage of those people that just become permanent that don't fulfill the rest of that process. Like, like and there's they, not really much enforcement on it. So like kind of like not all required to, or they just skip out. They kind of just skip out. Oh. There's not much enforcement on it. But so then, all so so they're kind of like the dreamers in a sense. Hmm. You know, like that we have all these people that then they became as children, and they and they you know at no fault of their own but they don't have any uh, like permanent legal status and so they're just kind of in limbo and then you know all these people that Biden has let in say in a couple of years a new administration um oh, starts deporting ma- everyone ma- maybe even rightfully oh, so i'm geez. not even making yeah. a judgment on it but like the, the uh, a new ice a new enforcement you guys aren't here legally anymore cuz you yeah. didn't fulfill whatever process cuz the enforcement hasn't been there anyway it yeah. is such a it's such a mess, but I can't really. I don't have a criticism of, of this move currently. Um, no. I mean, I would think if if anyone would have criticisms over it, it would be or a critique of it. It would be the left people on the left, right? Because they this is probably seen as more Trump like than it is yeah. Biden like. So I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, if people on the left are critical of it, then that means it's at least not super soft, right? You know. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean it's going to help him at all on Fox News and and, and the right, you know. Yeah. What I'm saying they're still going to hammer the border regardless, probably in terms of going into 24. But maybe, right. but maybe some of the independents, perhaps like you and I, you know, yeah, um, Mike could be like, look, you know, maybe this is like they an did what they, they did what they could do from an executive standpoint. Yeah, aside from just shooting everybody. This like, this was the last one on my list, I think, of of things Biden needs to become a quote unquote good president in history. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's doing the one thing that was like, if the borders sorted out, like, I mean, what? I could argue that he saved American democracy. It doesn't <laughs> matter what he does. He is a Rushmore candidate. Um, are you are you setting up for the clip? What's this? 14 minutes here. <laughs> I'm going to mark this down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK, I got you. Um, but, Rushmore uh, president. Yeah. Anyway, it's. It, I feel like. As we go through this show, I'm always thinking about keeping score, right? Of like, how's this president doing? And, you know, yeah, what are we going to, how might we make a choice in 24 when there's some other guy against him? Uh, I will say, though, Uh-oh. don't get excited, Mike. Oh, God. They, uh, speaking of 24, yeah, they have found cancer on Biden. 
Oh and no! I have Dara, are <laughs> you aware? Are like, you aware of this? No, I'm like trying to figure out what reaction. I'm is making best it dramatic. I'm making it dramatic. They yeah. cut. They cut off a uh, skin oh, cancer. Oh, he's got skin cancer. He's got the fake kind. They, okay. They, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Damn. The easily removable kind. Uh, yeah. They they cut off okay. a piece from his chest uh, not yeah. long ago, and it turns out that it that you know they send it in. It turns out it was cancerous. Yeah. Bummer. Uh, Man. But I think he's okay. Well, he had a good run though. Fucking eighty, however many years. Yeah, he had a great run. I mean, all the billions from China. Um, kidding. Yep. Not though. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So here's a segue in the form of a question. How are we ending the pandemic for border crossings, but not for student debt? Go. Uh, we're segueing into the, uh, yep. Yep. The student yep. debt yep. policy at the Supreme court. Yep. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where where you and I come down on this. I feel confident that I know you and I know mm. where we're going to come down, but I'm curious to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so we're ending the national emergency known as COVID. Uh, that that means that people can continue to uh, can now come into the country. Since the pandemic's over, they can keep, they can come into the country now without fear of spreading COVID. So that right. whole policy makes no sense. You mean Title Forty Two? Yeah, Title Forty Two, right. which is a health policy yep. to prevent COVID from spreading at the border, ostensibly, um, is no longer needed because pandemic's quote unquote over. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So don't need that. When it comes to, um, you know, being someone who lost jobs and and houses and stuff like that oh, during he's the pandemic already phrasing it for his side of the argument <laughs> <laughs> you've already exposed yourself <laughs> I, this isn't even this would seem to be plain i think you're going to agree with this i don't know maybe not maybe i'm wrong maybe i've underestimated you <laughs> and you're evil o- overestimated, <laughs> no, underestimated me underestimated evil. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> no when it i mean just because you you okay let, let's we're, um, we're good. I derailed you. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Yeah. So the pandemic is over. The harm done to people who supposedly lost jobs during the pandemic, that doesn't go That's away. That's lingering. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the pain that they, the financial pain that they endured mm-hmm. is still there. Only college students, though, um, not the other people. Fuck, right. Fuck right. those people. Right. So. <laughs> I, I, You've made me go to this place that's not that's, that's making it. I think sound different than what my view is on this totally. actual policy. No, it definitely is. I, I'm just explaining because you asked because you're an asshole. Well, you came out already with the lingering pain and whatever. Okay, hold on. So are I, you I, saying I, this? Uh, all right. So, folks, we're just talking about <laughs> the ending of a national emergency and why one policy, Title Forty Two, goes away, but debt cancellation doesn't go away. Right. Does it not make sense to you? I understand the argument, but I think it's it's not it, the argument isn't the problem. So yes, it makes sense to me that that COVID and the spread of COVID across the border is an immediate like thing. he it wa- he instantly. waved it he waved it during the national emergency, right? So sure. it, he's not waving it after it yeah because he couldn't legally. Title forty two is supposed to expire like a long fucking time ago though, so I don't really count that either. Well, he, so is COVID, but we all know this right, is just right, a right, way right, to right. get it done. And right. only so what I wanted just to, to kind of to say yeah is that in this topic we're about to talk about which is the recently the supreme court court heard arguments about whether or not biden's college debt cancellation policy is legal we're we're not talking about whether it was a good policy or not right like we might in a minute and but we've already basically done that yeah And, and for short to make it long story short we both felt that the policy was bad Correct. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whether it's legal. Peyton's favorite thing here is legal standing. Yes. But <laughs> but you and I formerly, let's start here. We we formally agreed that when we put on our legal hats, when we put on our robes and right. we read this law, we felt Biden by the letter of the law had the power under, you know, his under the education department to be able to waive right. these loans. We, yep. we felt that he had the authority to, do you still 
agree with that. Let's discuss that first. If you look at the Heroes Act and you interpret the words how I would interpret the words, I would say that, yeah, he can he can do it. It's unfortunate he can, and it's, it, he's probably exploiting it a little bit. But as it's written, in the plain verbiage, it seems like he's allowed to do that. Now, the justices have, I've, one of them, I don't know if I have the quote written down in my notes, kind of fought what the verbiage meant and certain words and the interpretation of those words and definitions and got like really deep into it. I'll leave that for them, but just reading it as a regular person, I would say that he's able to do it, which sucks, but yes. yeah. And I don't, and I think it's, and I'll be interested to see, cause I'm not sure if I'm aware of exactly what you were just referring to. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're going to discuss that in a minute or not, I'm gonna but try to just find to, it, but. to remind everyone, the heroes act says that, the Department of Education can waive or modify loans um, for people that experienced hardship during a national emergency. So check the boxes. Were we in a national emergency? Yes. Uh, can they waive or modify during a national emergency? Yes. So they waived or modified to an extreme amount. But it, it's weird to me that that and I'm open to what they might have to say, but it's weird to me that the conservative justices now are not just looking at the text like they would if it were like the bill of rights. Like some of these guys are are famous for being like textualists, meaning they look at the plain text of say the first amendment and they kind of interpret from there. What does it say? I don't think there's like a special legal meaning of the words wave and modify that are any different than what a layman would, would think. But go, what, what so, was... <clears throat> yeah, so I pulled up an article here. It says that, oh, man, in the, the HEROES Act of 20... Or, man, 2003 gives the Secretary of Education the power to, quote, wave or modify any statutory or regulatory provision, end quote, um, to protect borrowers affected by, quote, a war or other military operation or national emergency, end quote. So what they fixate on here is wave or modify. And it says Chief Justice Roberts and our boy Clarence Thomas were skeptical of the words wave or modify. Um, they, they were skeptical that those words allowed cancellation. They were saying that, I don't know, that modify doesn't mean cancel student debt. Now, while I'm reading this now and thinking about it, I still I think that that is a modification. You might be canceling it for some, but you're modifying it from, you're just modifying the balance they owe. So if they, well, if they owe less than 10 grand, then you've canceled their debt. But Well, what about the wave part? I thought wave meant like you're waving it. Uh, Does that not so, mean like you're, you're no yeah, longer so, responsible? Um, well, okay, hold on. They continued to say it doesn't say modify or waive loan balances. I don't know about that. It didn't say loan balances in what I just read, but it was Brett Kavanaugh said that Congress, quote, could have in 2003 referred to loan cancellation and loan forgiveness, and those words are not in the text. So they never said loan cancellation or loan forgiveness, and then he continues to describe wave as an extremely broad word. So they're they're fixating on wave they don't explain what they interpret wave as but i mean you brought up doesn't that mean they can cancel it well that seems to be the word that they're going to focus on and try to pinpoint if that covers just broad loan cancellation and loan forgiveness yeah so you know i i did see like these a bunch of headlines and stuff that were like oh clarence thomas has recently you know <coughs> used to talk about how horrible his his debt was his student debt was and now he's now he's in this position he wants to you know um not help people blah 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 it, it was so annoying because like their their job is to answer is it legal or not 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 whether it's good or bad yeah and so that's why i was saying i wanted us to start with like let's not even deal with whether it's good or bad we've already done that yeah we already both didn't agree with it. True. Um, the question is, is it legal? Right. And on that, even though I would love for this to, in a way to be struck down, I'm like, well, I mean, we, we did say that it seemed, unfortunately, by the letter of the law, that it was legal. It was a poorly written by Congress, but Congress right. wrote it, and they, they gave this authority to the executive branch. So it's to me, it's not a separation of powers issue. It's It's... It's Congress gave them that authority, like they do on all kinds of things. Uh, unfortunately, they 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 kick, you know, authority over to the executive branch, and then they now they're crying foul about how they have done this. Um, yeah, it does seem outside of the spirit of what 
maybe it was intended to do, but that doesn't really matter, does it? What <clears throat> matters is to me right. when the law, what, what does it say? You know, yeah, it was written after 9-11, and that was kind of the purpose of it. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that have a have a source that no longer is, like, relevant to whether or not you can do it. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's the, I guess the six conservative justices are saying that this should be left up to Congress. The three liberal justices are saying that it was left up to Congress, and they approved the HEROES Act. Like, that's what it was for, so yeah. we're using it. So why does Congress get another say? They already they already made that determination. They haven't done anything about it since. They're only doing it as a reaction because they don't like how expensive this was. So they might not be wrong, um, but... And, oh, yeah, and it doesn't seem like, from just from what I'm reading here, it doesn't seem like the, the suits, the ones against, from the states against this and the ones from the individuals, it doesn't seem like they might end up having standing. Okay, so here's the other issue that you just brought up. Yeah. Because so far we've been talking about um, you know, whether or not this is a proper use of the HEROES Act. Mm-hmm. But with any case before the federal courts, you got to have standing to begin with. That means the people that are bringing the cases – uh, the plaintiffs have to be able to show uh, that they've endured some, you know, hardship to be able to sue. All right. And so there's two different groups here that have sued. All right. So you've got the states. You just said there's six yep. states. Yep. Okay. Um, they originally lost and the, the district court said they didn't have standing. Um, and then the court of appeals, I guess, said somehow that they did have standing. Um but only it's only one of the six states that even has a potential standing, but the other five get to keep on to the suit if as long as one can show that they have standing. So there's just Missouri okay. really that has an argument for standing, uh, but the other five get to stay on as long like I said as long as one right. of the parties can claim they have standing. So the here it comes down to this weird thing where it's super uh, weird where Missouri created a um, a corporation basically that handles something to do with with um, student loans. It's called the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority, and the acronym is M-O-H-E-L-A, which yeah. probably you probably say it some way that I'm not going to yeah. try to mispronounce. Yeah, I don't know if it's Mohala or what. Yeah, and they cover the federal loan. They handle all their federal loans, and they have to pay the state from the money they get. Like I think they just manage the federal loans. So when people pay them for the loans, they're a nonprofit. They pay the state back the loans. Um, yes. Okay. But one of the liberal justices, you could say, uh, Justice Jackson, said that Mohela's financial interests are totally disentangled from the state. It stands alone. It's incorporated separately. The state is not liable for anything that happens to Mohela. I don't know how that could possibly be a reason to say that an injury to Mohela should count as an injury to the state. Justice Sotomayor pointed out, it would be odd for us to have a state say we're creating a corporation. We're not going to be responsible for its debts. We're not going to be responsible for any of its contracts. We're not going to be responsible for anything it does financially. And the state itself says this is not the state. It's an independent corporation. And we're going to say instead that it is the state, correct? She was asking that question to um, their lawyer. So it's really seems like a stretch that, that Missouri and and the other five connected states have standing through this route because Mahila itself supports the loan forgiveness policy and is not even trying to sue. Do and wait, even, wait, wait, wait. And, they they do yeah. support the loan forgiveness policy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mahila the the these this corporation or whatever. Yeah. Um supports loan forgiveness, to my understanding, what I read. Okay. Cause in reading, not not to counter that, but I guess maybe to add on to it, it was saying I believe that the justices think that Mohela might have standing if they were to sue, but because they haven't sued, there's like the state, this is so weird for you to sue on behalf of them. If, if they want to sue, then they probably have standing because they're going to lose on revenue. There'll be a loss of revenue, Mm -hmm. but they're not suing. And then they're saying, furthermore, if they are an arm of the state, like you're claiming, then you should have just made them. Right. And the, and the person, the justice, I believe that, that mostly was making some of those points is um, Barrett, the the conservative lady, okay on the court? So they've got four of the nine that mm-hmm. seem to be leaning against them having standing, but that means that somehow at least five maybe are leaning toward that that the fact that they have standing, and I don't know where 
they're getting that from. Of course, we're all interpreting just the oral arguments, which isn't always the uh, a Sherlock way of knowing how they're going to rule, but it oftentimes is. And so it seemed in the oral arguments, because this hasn't been ruled on yet, that you know the justices were leaning against the Biden policy. But I don't understand how they have standing but for the reasons that we just pointed out. Now, I will say that in the court of appeals argument where they gave them standing. Remember that the first round, you know, the first level, they didn't have standing. And the second level where they said they did. Yeah. um, They pointed out that five of the seven members of the board of Mahala are appointed directly by the governor of Missouri. Like Disney with DeSantis. Sort of. Okay. Um, So, but at the same time, like the ju- these justices, the liberal justices have said, like you, you then if they're controlled by the state, then you could have just made them sue on like mm-hmm. their own. You know what I mean? Um, and they also haven't paid any debts to the state. I think in like fifteen years, like you know, how you were saying they're supposed to take certain revenue and, and pay the state certain money, but like they yeah. haven't even actually been doing that. So. It seems like a stretch, but maybe it's the slightest window where the conservative justices can take it. And then you have the other case from like two private individuals who say they have standing, who are saying, "Well, we, you know, we had private loans, and, and, and so we didn't qualify for the for the forgiveness. So we we would have liked to have had forgiveness, but we want you to to rule against the loan for everyone." Yeah, this one was and which super would still dumb. land us not getting any money. <laughs> this one was really dumb. I didn't, I couldn't even fathom how they might possibly have standing here. But I think they had a similar thing where they didn't go to an appeals court and they were like, "Yeah, you have standing. Let's go." I don't. I don't I, remember. It seemed like somebody had ruled previously that yeah, you have standing. So go ahead and take this up with the Supreme Court. But it seems so stupid. They were arguing that like um, they would have liked to have yeah, like requested or had a say in what the student to expand the debt forgiveness, right? To private loans maybe. And, but it's like, how would Congress have, if Cong, are they arguing that if Congress had handled this, that they're, they're a constituent of their representative and then they could have gotten their way that way. Like, I don't understand really what the argument is. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't, I don't really know either, Yeah, but um, it may have just come down to, was it a liberal federal court that heard the first two cases in both instances and they ruled one way and then it's conservative appeals courts, yeah. and, you know, because a lot of times this is how they, they, they go in their legal strategies. They're going to, you know, try to find a case and appeal to a district court of appeals. That's a conservative or a liberal one to kind of get their way. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know, but if everyone's saying that the Supreme court is going to rule against Biden on this, I still don't really understand how, although I like the outcome, yeah. I really care about process and stuff more than just the outcome of this. So I, I don't know how they're going to argue it, but we'll, we'll eventually know however they rule and we'll see what they say in their opinion of the court. So we'll know. Just, just as a recap, there are 26 million people that have applied for this and many of them have already been approved. So there was, I think 43 million are affected by this. 26 have applied before they shut down the, application so that's a lot of people that are probably paying attention to this and, and again going while we're discussing the you know people that are affected i would not have had an issue or near as much of an issue with this policy if they had kept it to the people that were i guess of a certain class or had a certain amount of income but because they wanted to be political and nice to certain people like nurses and stuff that make more money. They kind of, they, they raised the, the, they raised like the income limit a little bit on it to try to squeeze people in. And so this is actually benefiting a lot of people that are not truly, uh, right. In a bad spot in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, you've got a bunch of people out there that, you know, were hurting that didn't go to college that aren't getting any kind of debt relief. You know are, what I mean? Are you saying you would have preferred that everybody, or like that all loans, all federal loans, even if they weren't student loans would have been covered under a certain price range or that no, student I'm just, loans no, I'm just, under a lower threshold would have been okay. Yeah. Student loans under a lower, a lower threshold, threshold, not 250 jointly or whatever, or yes. 125, whatever it yes. was. Right. Like that's really high. Yeah. 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 So a, a lot of the people were not like in poverty or anywhere near it. And sure. unable to pay these off. Why would the the American taxpayer 
some of which people chose not to go to college had to be subsidizing their college. And yeah, some of which were actually burdened by COVID who don't have student loans. 100%. They're now paying for it. So they don't get any benefits. They get all the cons. 100%. And that blows. Yes. They're paying doctors, student loans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So shitty policy. Don't know if it's going to get overturned. I'm sure, this won't be the last time we cover that one. Yep. We'll let y'all know when they decide. All right. What's with this? Uh, what's with this new guy? This GOP guy, Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, it's Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. I was wondering, is it Ramaswamy? Ramaswamy. Do you remember Swamy? Who is Swamy? Did Did you say growing up was there any? Was there? Do you remember? Uh, like, oh, Swamy, dude. <laughs> nah. So we had a thing. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I don't know if it's generational because you're basically a, a Gen Z. Maybe it's that you grew up out in fucking. Right. I don't know <laughs> if it's age or location. Yeah. But um, we had this thing where um, if you like tried to be funny and it was like not funny, like swammy dog. Swammy dog. Yeah, it was like the worst <laughs> feeling. It was like, fuck. You're in a group of friends. Yeah. And swammy. Swammy. <laughs> it's just like totally. You just leave. You just fucking leave yeah. school. Call your mom sick. <laughs> Pick <Yeah. me> up. <laughs> they called swammy on me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, my my clothes are going out of style. Swammy, dude. Swammy, dude. <laughs> uh, so we're bringing that back. Anyway, Vivek, 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 Vivek Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy. Uh, I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but he is my number one content, c- contender as a soon to be possibly Republican. Well, how do you mean? You got to elaborate on that. What do you? If I do go ahead and register as Republican. He's the guy currently that I'm voting for in the primary. Whoa. Why? Because he's not Trump. He's not Trump light. He's not Trump <sighs> non-alcoholic. He's I'm resting my head on my microphone <laughs> right now. <laughs> this makes no sense. I thought you would fucking hate this guy. I don't like him. because what? Because of his, he's like super anti-woke. He wrote Woke Inc. Like what? How is this, this year white knight? Dude. He's not white. Dude. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the name. Bro, what what how are you gonna sit here and be I, concerned with how anti woke somebody is when you're a De- DeSantis super fan? This is too much. Like he's not he's not focused at all. He, okay, hold on. I'm just gonna fast forward to the end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of, of no of this I'm quarter. Shook. So he says what distinguishes him from other Republican candidates is that he has, quote, a vision of national identity that dilutes these other agendas to irrelevance, end quote, meaning there is nothing else more important than fighting the culture war in America, which is fucking stupid. There are so many other problems. Culture war is like a headline. Everyone likes to focus on it, but it's not really a problem. I would rather everyone be super woke and say a bunch of woke bullshit, but then go focus on the border or focus on our finances or focus mm. on wars. And this guy's like, no, all of those other problems, irrelevant. I just, uh, I'm not going to sit here and actually go got, to bat. He for got Vivek. me all riled up. I'm not going to go to bat for him. Cause I was just joking. I mean, not really, but, um, I think you're misinterpreting a lot, but I'm not sure. But like when I watched his sort of like opening campaign yeah. video, which is obviously, you know, rhetoric <clears throat> or propaganda sure. essentially or whatever, but like it, 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 it made sense to me. I mean, he was saying we have this essentially the crisis of, of identity. We, you know, where we're all, you know, a lot of people are caught up in, in you know, transgender ideology or, you know, climate defeatism ideology or, or all of this stuff, instead of focusing on the core creed of America, you know, basically that of opportunity and and equality and, and and uniting behind those common ideals. And we're just getting lost in identity crap. He's sort of saying that we shouldn't be all about the culture war. And I totally agree with that. Um, I don't disagree with him at all. Okay. Where did he say That's, I only want to focus? That on was that. one of his quotes from that interview. He says it, it the the our national identity crisis as a country dilutes all other issues the nation faces to irrelevance. That's not necessarily untrue. Is how is it not? I mean, I just don't feel like because if we if we are constantly just I guess his point is if we have no 
national identity if we have no which can get creepy depending on how you go down the road of nationalism mm-hmm. um but if we don't have this like common core of beliefs and culture uh then there's no way we overcome those other challenges because we can't get on the same page we can't stop shooting ourselves in the head basically um, I think is, is the point there. And if you look around at what we've been doing for the last right. however many years, I'm not sure that's wrong. We're like, what are we doing? We're just like constantly. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is, right. what's the Santa's doing right now? I mean, culture war, culture war, but you know, uh, I, I guess, I guess, I guess, um, I guess Vivek would be, doing that to some degree as well but i don't know i think he's i think he's interested in like not fighting it um like fighting it by not fighting it like let's focus like he's just trying to bring attention to i mean he's being conservative yes like he's saying all this stuff is is leading us astray and so he's trying to appeal to republicans and and moderates that are like yeah this is all irrelevant like you were saying because we need to focus on like crunching the numbers on the debt so, and focusing on the threat of China. I guess and, my concern is that instead of ignore, like what you're saying is like, maybe like ignore that stuff and focus elsewhere. Just like let the liberals argue with no one over it. And like the conservative, he'll keep the conservatives or I guess the country he's going for president, right? Yeah. He'll like say, let's ignore that shit and we'll just focus up on the important stuff. I'm worried that he focuses only on fighting that to make it go away eventually. Like with the, eventual outcome of not having to deal with that, but that he just goes all in on that and ignores everything else. So that would be my concern. I say say view it, don't view it as actual policies, view it as messaging and trying to be president and trying to give a vision. So I think like that's what all good campaigns need, basically like a story. And so he, he, he's trying to say this, what he views as a conservative, but also what should just be an American vision right. of ideals we, we ought to be behind. And, and he's, um, he's a biotech mega millionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has assembled a team that I guess I've read is pretty decent of a team, you know, don't sleep on him, but at the same time, I can't see this happening, right. you know, at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But w- when you, when you run for president, you know, someone like Trump, he wants to go ahead and say, Hey, I'm running again. Because like, if you're a former president and you're going to run, you go ahead and say, I'm running. Everyone else becomes like the number two to you kind of. Right. If you're DeSantis, you want to wait till after the, the state legislature session is over so that you can add some more feathers in your cap to say, this is what I'm about. And also, so you can not be like running for president as governor. Um, I mean, as a, as a governor right. in session. Yep. Um, but if you're him, then you don't have time to wait. You want to go ahead and get your name out there. You may not ultimately go anywhere with it, but you definitely want if you wait. So you got to get out there. And so he's been out in Iowa and New Hampshire, some of the early primary states, and he's campaigning. And he's got a message that I like. But, I mean, let's face it. I mean, his name is Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, the Republican Party. I don't know how far you're going to get being like not white not a white guy yeah. <laughs> like a uh, semi-fascist white dude so. <laughs> that's all we are um, um yeah so what you were talking about with his uh i guess kind of one of his statements in there it was faith patriotism and hard work have disappeared only to be replaced by new secular religions like covidism climatism and gender ideology so what was interesting one of the articles pointed out that he classified those as religions, which would prevent companies from forcing employees to abide by their principles. If he actually, if COVIDism, climatism, and gender ide- ideology became religions, companies don't have to. Um, uh, that's interesting. That's interesting because I, it resonates with me because I think this is largely correct. Like, we had a country, I'm not saying we should go back to the 1950s. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm um, agnostic when it comes to religion. I think you are as well. Yep, All yep, right. Yep. So, but there, there's something positive to having most of the country be of the same religion and be somewhat committed to that mm-hmm. because it, it binds people. Right. And so, Uniting. you know, you might go to church with people that are Democrats and Republicans, 
but you're like Christians first back in the day. Everyone's going to church on Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, Hugging each other. Yep. And so you at least had that. There's still some fighting politically for sure. But it's like now people, you know, I think humans need that something bigger than themselves to kind of believe in. Or a war. Um, yeah, or a war. <laughs> um, and so I think right now a bunch of people are filling the void that's that's not being filled by a religion, by God, with other sort of commitments to put to put themselves in this story of a grand fight yeah. that they want to be a, a, a warrior in. And so I think he's largely right about why so much of this stuff becomes religious, mm-hmm. has this religious feel to it. I, I can definitely uh, uh, get on but board policy with that. wise. I don't know that he's really gotten into the weeds yet, so I can't really say if I support him over the others, but I'm pretty sure if I do register as a Republican that like, I'm definitely looking for someone that can move the needle and not be DeSantis or Trump or Nikki Haley. And so I don't know if he can move the needle yet or not, but yeah. you know, so did you see the part where uh, he said his first action would be to ban executive order one, one, two, four, six. No, I did not. What's that? Mm. So I'm going to pull up the verbiage of it and executive order one, one, two, four, six requires affirmative action and prohibits federal contractors from discriminating on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or national origin. Contractors are also prohibited from discriminating against applicants or employees because they inquire about, discuss, disclose their compensation or that of others subject to certain limitations. So this is protection from discrimination and I guess for federal federal contractors and he says we're going to get rid of that as my first action so we can discriminate hmm, i was trying to follow every i was trying to follow the the language of that i kind of got it but i i don't know if that i want to ask you to read it again but well i'll, I'll read i'll i'll, I'll can, read the one line here that matters the executive order prohibits federal contractors from discriminating so it keeps them from discriminating on the basis of race color religion sex all the shit this executive order says federal contractors can't discriminate against okay, that's ap- obviously a sound, against applicants. That obviously sounds bad. To get rid of that? But I'm wondering why he would be saying to get rid of it. I'm, wonder- I'm wondering what type of lawsuits and crap contractors are always caught up in. It's because they're trying to comply with this and how much it slows things. I don't know for sure, but I mean, it doesn't sound it, good. It seemed sketchy. Which was one but, of my but, things. But but they're but they're not saying they're not saying that the government can discriminate. They're saying the federal contractors, so yes, they're hired by the government. Can discriminate. Can discriminate based and, on and, protected classes. And I'm not I don't know that I think private companies ought to have to go by those rules anyway. I would have to sit here and think about like oh if you it put just, me on the spot, can I, I, I don't it feels I kind of like the idea of private corporations being able to, I suppose, like be racist. Like that feels bad. No, that's <laughs> definitely bad. If that's actually what they're doing, uh, I'm not saying that he would have to. I, I don't think that there are hardly any corporations that are out there actively being racist and say they're hiring. Now, obviously, I don't think you ought to be able to discriminate on who you're letting come into your business. So Walmart tomorrow, I wouldn't agree, should be able to say, oh, we're not we're only letting in whites or whatever. Right. Although, actually, maybe that's not bad. Because, <laughs> look, look, you're, you're going to understand. <laughs> okay. What the fuck? You're not okay. I'm with you. I'm gonna focus. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I have a certain libertarian streak in certain areas, and I don't think any business in America today actively tries to not hire certain classes of people or doesn't want to do business with certain classes of people, and if they did. I think we would all know about it and like banish them, but maybe that's uh, maybe that's uh, wishful thinking. I don't know, but like I, 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 it seems to me that a lot of these laws, anti anti discrimination type of laws and stuff like that, may very well do a lot more like 
harm than good because of all the ways in which a bunch of companies have to bend over backwards to like watch their back legally all the time instead mm-hmm. of just like running a fucking business. Sure. And so I, 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 that's what I'm kind of getting at. I, so I don't know what he's saying, but he, like he's clearly an Indian guy. Like he's not Mr. White Christian. I mean, I, I don't, maybe he's Christian. Obviously that's maybe he's a, white. <laughs> maybe he identifies as that way. I don't know. But, um, Anyway, I'll, um, I'll look into that. Yeah, um, I would. I mean, I kind of want to get the context of it too. I mean, it was one article I read. I typed it down real quick, and I was thinking, like, hey, if there's one guy on this show that's going to know this executive order, it's Peyton, and you let me down. Well, there's, there's so many executive <laughs> orders. There's no way. Well, there's at least eleven thousand two hundred forty-six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know all those by number. Um, there was also another thing he said. He wants to make political expression a civil right. So, like. You have your First Amendment, I guess he was arguing, but that doesn't allow you to talk about like politics in the workplace and shit like that. So he he's, he kind of, it seemed workplace oriented, right? He's an executive, he's used to companies and offices and, you know, white collar type, type worlds. And I think that because you're not really supposed to talk about politics in the workplace and you get in trouble for it, he wants to make that a protected thing. So like I can be like, I'm a Republican out in the open and like I should be proud of that and no one can go and you know crucify me for that and my political rights. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I would agree with that one because again, I'm for the private sector doing what the fuck they want to do without government intervention. Right. You know, so if I want to you know, like if I if I want to have a a restaurant um with on, with only six with um with only 6 foot uh brunettes working there. <laughs> Uh, uh, then, then I ought to be able to do that. How, t- how tall is your wife? I don't. Uh, What's her hair color? Because <laughs> I don't think you described Chrissy. <laughs> I, I'm not into six footers. That was just a a number that came to my head. Oh it was my like God. five, five or six. Five, five or six footers. What are you I'm saying? That's her height. You said oh, is that? Oh, we're back. I, thought, I, I, I was in, asked for her height. I'm not was. genuinely like, what's Chrissy's height? I'm oh. this down. <laughs> Just know it's not six feet. Yeah. Nah. Um, okay. I feel like I'm going to get asked to edit this out. No, no I don't care. Um, I, I'm just, I, I feel like we've gone off, off track a little bit. From, from Ramaswamy. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought about these questions in a while in terms of all that, but I, I know yeah. that a lot of times I'm pretty pro getting rid of red tape and all those type of requirements because I think it does more harm than good because I don't think any employer out there these days um, is concerned about hardly any, I shouldn't say any, because that's a very absolute statement, but I don't think hardly any employers give a fuck what your race is. If you're actually willing to work, which is rare, they'll fucking happy to have you. I'm pretty sure. So I I agree with this whole thing, you know, so, so you're, you're thinking, serious statement just to reconfirm you're you're you like this guy over if he was if he was up there and you were registered as a republican you'd vote for him right now with the the people that are say desantis is official too oh right now um, yeah you got four people let's say trump's official nikki haley's official uh vivek ramaswamy's official desantis is probably so out of those four people i i cannot say uh with any confidence which of the four i would vote for right now okay and i'll i'll throw this in there it might would be, this is just a might be news break. It might would be Trump. <laughs> God did this guy. You, I'm all over the place. You dude. are all over the place. Here's the thing. Like it might, a part of me is like, Trump. you know what? If it's going to be DeSantis or Trump anyway, how about just fucking Trump? Because fuck you DeSantis for trying to be a little fucking Trump bitch. <laughs> For trying to be for, a for, little for, Trump for, bitch. If, if you're going to give in to all this language over the last few years and play into all this culture war bullshit, then I'll just take Trump and you can just, <laughs> you can just fail at your ultimate goal. Cause F you, I would probably, I mean, if Biden's alive, I'm going with Fuck. Biden probably right now, but I mean, oh Ramaswamy has my attention. I really don't know about you it. You just I can't say his I, name, right? Ramaswamy. I didn't <laughs> Ramaswamy. I didn't know he had a bunch of like actual statements. I, I really just thought I just saw his, his campaign ad and thought that's pretty good. And, yeah. I, and I agree with the, the sentiment mm-hmm. and he's not those other guys, but <laughs> if you're saying, one. but if you're saying he's actually got some like weird executive order type policies that I didn't know about that, I don't want to say I would have voted for him. Cause I got to think about those things. 
All right, I'm going to edit this whole segment out where Peyton says he's going to vote for him. He's like, no, no, no. You're going to find out this guy's like a super hardcore white supremacist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and get Peyton on you record. Me, like... You got me worried. <laughs> the first Indian white supremacist. <sighs> we, had a, we had an era where we, we needed a lot of the laws that we have on the books probably because of how extreme the racism was against blacks. You know, we, we needed the affirmative action and a lot of these anti-discrimination type stuff probably. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think in a perfect world, like we would judge people based on merit and not color and all these classes. And, and we would get rid of all these like laws that restrict private corporations and their decision-making. But in saying that it, I'm, I'm saying now that might be wishful thinking because I'm not say black, I'm not gay or trans. And I, so I don't have to worry about those types of discriminations. And so maybe they, they should be there, but at the same time, I just like, to me, it's all about the government can't discriminate. The government can't suppress rights, et cetera. Private corporations, Hire who you want to hire. You know what I'm saying? Like I get annoyed with all the, you Gov know what I mean? Government like, intervention. Like, like right now with the NFL, like they have this quote unquote issue where they don't have enough black head coaches. Oh my God. Well, I mean, it's probably not fair. It's probably not right. Uh, you know, there's probably a lot of black talent that gets overlooked. There's, I, I mean, you can look at the numbers probably and see that there's like these white coaches that have, bad coaching records for five years and they're still the team's head coach. You have a black coach that has one or two bad years of, of, of a record. And now he's out the door onto the next stop. I'm sure there's some of that going on. I'm just not sure that the solution is better than the problem. When you start telling employers what you got to do, Oh, you, you've got to interview at least one person of this group. Um, yeah. You know, if you hire someone that's black, we'll give you extra draft picks on your team or something like that. Like it, things like that. It's just like, look, Life's unfair. I think I, I just prefer sometimes the liberty over all the government band aids that create other sort of down the road issues. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, just, I, I, so I, I don't know exactly where Ramaswamy. Ram, I probably said it wrong. Ramaswamy. <laughs> Ramaswamy, like ramen, like ramen noodles. But it's Ramaswamy, Rama, Rama Swami, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy. Yeah, uh, but this guy, you know. He's from those from those industries. He's from biotech. Like he he made some good points. I'd have to look into it again. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's all good. Well, we got the we got the clip there. I think for sure with the fuck fuck by or fuck. <laughs> I can't even say it. Fuck DeSantis pro Trump. That's, <laughs> I think we got it. Please don't. <laughs> okay. So I think that's it for politics for the week. Um. The last thing that I wanted to bring up, which is pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty out there for everyone, is that Alex Murdoch was convicted of murdering both his son and his wife and sentenced to two life sentences a couple of days ago. And uh, the, the whole story, it's funny because Hannah and I had just finished watching the Murdoch murders miniseries documentary on Netflix the day before he was convicted and like two days before the sentencing. So it was pretty awesome to go through and see how fucked up their whole family is for three hours and then the next day wake up and it's like holy shit they just convicted him this is awesome the story's complete so you did you weren't like following no the trial. no you no, just no. watched the Netflix yeah thing and it happened to line up with Perfect. the trial yeah that's cool yeah. um i didn't research this a whole lot i and you know we talked about this right. being a topic yeah. i just thought i would kind of ask you about it as a way of kind of giving people an update on it out there that maybe you're wondering what the hell happened with this whole case that don't really care, but they're curious because it's in the news. Yeah. Um, so tell me where I'm wrong. His son, I'm thinking his youngest son, yep. he had two, the, the couple had two. Yep. The youngest one got involved in a boating accident and yeah. he was drunk, super drunk. And he like three times the legal limit. How drunk. many people killed? One person killed, everyone injured. Uh, one person killed, and it was like three, I think three or four people injured. And those families were coming after the... The son. The, 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 the son. And the family. Uh, was the right. son an adult? The son was... Oh, fuck. I don't remember at the time. But they were coming after the family, right? Yeah. For, for civil damages, for right. money, right? Yep. Did yep. that have anything to do with the motive for the rest of the killing thing? Do you know? It, it was... I don't believe so, but it was this big story about how like they were 
they're a family of prominent lawyers that kind of dominated the South Carolina. Generations of lawyers. Generations, yeah. yeah. I think it was like three or four generations. It was like 80 years or something. Of, of South Carolina lawyer power. Right, and it seems like any, there was like several issues where their sons or the dad, dads, whatever, uncles, whatever, were all kind of getting wrapped up in legal things and it would just go away. Like dad would come in and be like, hey, I'm going to represent you. Like, so for the boat crash, right? They tried blaming it on one of the friends that was said he was driving and that the son wasn't driving. And the dad comes in and is like, hey, I'm going to be your lawyer and represent you. Just nod and say yes to everything that I say. He was doing all that to blame him instead of his son. So his son wouldn't get in trouble. So you see going back through the, the documentary, like this is happening. They show all the police reports where like Murdoch shows up and represents the whatever, the suspect or alleged suspect. And everything starts changing when the Murdochs get involved. Okay. So you're saying, is there from the Netflix doc or anything? Is there like any theories of the of that being connected to the murder, or that's just a side part of the interesting part of their family? But but that right. had nothing to do with this, right? So were there any motives that we know about potentially for why he killed his son and his and his wife? Um, what what they're alleging is that so he he was found to be stealing millions of dollars from clients and from the law firm that he was working for. He, Alex did. He, Alex Murdoch, the guy that got convicted, the dad. Okay. He was found to be stealing. Yes. From the firm. And that was uncovered like right before the murders happened, like days, weeks, something. And they think that he had an opioid problem. He was addicted to painkillers and he was on and off detoxing and his son Paul was helping him through that. The mom was like dismissive of it. And um, they think that he was getting ready to be found out by his family because the law firm had let him go. And so that he just lost it and all the stress just piled up and he fucking snapped and killed him. That's what they're thinking. I, I guess I just don't, but that doesn't even, I, that doesn't even make sense to me though. So it's not like, like getting rid of his son and his wife doesn't solve any of his problems, right? No, it doesn't. You're, totally so, doesn't. So it doesn't make sense to me as, right. a, as a motive, but that's the only motive that we have is that he, that he snapped under pressure and that's, decided to kill somebody. That's what they're saying before okay. before he had to deal actually deal with his problems. I mean, he's all drugged out and stuff. And was there not any? Did he literally like have them in one room and go bang bang, or was it like, no, or, were, or is it possible that he like for some reason wanted to kill his son and someone else and, showed up, and then someone else showed up? Like that's what. I don't know those specific details of that actual murder scenario because it kind of leaves off with that, but they were killed outside by the hunting dog kennels and they were not right next to each other. They were in two different spots killed by two different guns. So one of the defenses was like, there is not a lot of evidence of physical evidence here to prove this. Um, he didn't have blood on his shirt. Now he did have some type of high velocity residue from guns, but two different guns were used. So one was a rifle, like an AR style rifle. And one was a shotgun. Like his son's face was like fucking gone from the shotgun. And then the wife was shot with a rifle. So they're like, were there two people was one person like way out in the distance and shot the wife while he shot the son with a shotgun or vice versa. Um, but whatever they went through. I mean, they're, they're experts on it. They determined and the jury determined that he had killed both of them. Is it true that he tried to hire someone to shoot in the family, to shoot him so that his eldest son could get insurance money? Um, how they played it in the documentary was that that was, what it seemed like had happened is that he had hired someone to kill himself to kill him and that it got botched. But what they reported afterwards was that he admitted that he tried to kill himself and couldn't go through with it. And then like, fucking, I don't know if he like pulled the gun or whatever, but he shot himself in the head, but not successfully to kill him. And that he blamed his guy who he had do other things for him. The guy that was on his books for like thousands of dollars, like three grand here, five grand here. It was his drug dealer. So they were thinking it was all for drugs, but there was this one charge for like 27 grand that they suspect was either to kill himself or to kill the family. Um, but they wrote that off as no, that guy didn't actually try to kill him. He tried to kill himself and that he blamed his drug dealer for it. Oh, okay. So they were saying it was just a botched suicide attempt. Like he actually was went to shoot himself. Oh, okay. 
maybe for insurance money Such since he wrote crazy, a check. Crazy, crazy thing, it, it's, right? It's worth a three-hour watch. Like the whole family's fucked up. Like they think the mom killed the housekeeper, like the mom that died. Pretty sure she pushed the housekeeper down the stairs because the housekeeper was the one who raised the son that died growing up and he like loved the housekeeper and stuff and then one day housekeeper hits her head on the steps into the house they they're claiming that the dogs tripped her up no police evidence the murdochs are all the lawyers for everything um alex actually sued his own house for the liability insurance to then give to the housekeeper's kids he never, he won this. I mean, he won, he sued himself. So he won, he got the money and then he never gave it to the housekeeper's kids. He kept it for himself. So that was one of the scams that he ran to get millions of dollars. So they think that the wife killed the housekeeper. He comes in to cover it up, says, Hey, look, since my dog stripped you up, we feel bad. Here's money. And then kept the money. And you said killed the housekeeper because her son loved the housekeeper. Well, not necessarily because, but there was there would be reasons for the mom to not like the housekeeper so much that they've had for, you know, two decades around the house or whatever. Just seemed like there was tensions uh, between the okay. two in general Could've in been a life. Lot of things, but and yeah. like maybe they had a fight and she was like, boom, pushed. Yeah, and then maybe like, didn't even mean to, but anytime police would show up and be like, oh, this is the Murdochs. You could even hear uh, uh, when somebody called nine, I forget who the it dispatch. was. Yeah, the dispatch is like, oh, you said Murdoch? Okay. Like, fuck, everything changes. You know, we know which police to dispatch out there and how to make this go away we won't collect Damn. evidence you end up being the lawyer for it or someone in your family if you're Damn. involved like it's crazy like they're all wrapped up and then there's some other murder in 2015 where they think the oldest son was involved in it and that's still an unsolved case sounds like something that like exists still in certain areas of the country where it's like not like a city right it's probably like a rural area Super of south rural. carolina i mean mm-hmm. south, yeah south carolina or they have a lot of power and there's no everybody and they could pay people and, and all of this. That's yep. crazy. Very, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a novel, you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds fake. Well, maybe it is fake, but I mean, that's a lot of its theory since there's like no evidence, but it's that in itself seems like evidence, you know, everything they get wrapped up in. There's like shoddy it, police work. Isn't it true or is it? Tr- well, you may not know if you didn't really see the trial and you only seen the doc, but I saw that like there was a video that the son had taken on his cell phone at that um, at, at the, the at the camp at the at the murder scene by the yeah, dog at the kennels. Yeah, 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 at the dog kennel. Mm-hmm. That had the dad's voice in the background, right. which was a key part of the evidence of convicting him because he had said that he wasn't even fucking there. He said he was shit. visiting his parents who were ill at like a nursing home or some shit nearby, and he ended up actually being there. So he he had this like hour and a half window of something where he wasn't there, and that video uncovered that he was there like minutes prior right because he yeah so that's a huge lie I mean, huge lie yeah because because yeah. he, he had lied about a bunch of stuff and he, he he even admitted to it on the stand like oh yeah that was a lie that was a lie that was a lie but this was this not was- a lie <laughs> and yeah. then that was a lie so yeah boom, yeah so how do done. you right. you got residue of any kind on you like yeah mm-hmm. if someone else helps you fine but we're getting you yeah. at least <laughs> right so it's and yeah i don't know it, it's just wild yeah it seems fake like you said but you should check it out. I recommend anyone check it out. Most of my info's from Netflix, so give them credit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, is that it for today? That's it for me, man. Cool, man. Thank y'all for uh, dropping by today. See y'all next week. Yep. Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. There we go. That's why you listen to Wing Radicals. Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying?